Welcome, everybody. We're super glad you're here today. Um, for those of you I haven't met, I'm Christy Kerr. My husband, Jeff, and I are the pastors here. And we are continuing our series over the summer of working through the book of Psalms. We're obviously not going to hit all of them. Um, but we've been kind of uh, touching on a few different Psalms. And today I want to talk about Psalm 31. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 31, that is where we're going to start today. So I'm going to open in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, you are so faithful. And so, Lord, as we look into your word this morning, we are asking that you would open our eyes to more truth of who you are. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and just light up this, this text to us today, Lord. May we learn more about you, and may we become people who are all about the honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Psalm 31 going to start right at the beginning, verses 1 through 3. Oh, Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear and listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection, a fortress where I am safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Then I'm going to skip ahead to verse 14. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying you are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love. I want to talk to you about this topic today, the reputation of God. The reputation of God. This is something that I started thinking about this winter. I was doing a study, and I was in the book of Isaiah, and I stumbled upon this passage of Scripture, and I was kind of going through it, and I was writing it out, and something just jumped out at me, and I wrote it in my journal, and since then, it's been something that just keeps looping around in my mind. So I want to read you that passage in Isaiah um, chapter 48. Now, this is a passage of scripture when uh, God is talking to the children of Israel after they had continually disobeyed him. He gave them chance after chance after chance and after chance, and finally he told them that he was going to allow them to go into exile. Because they refused to listen, they refused to obey, they continued to live in wickedness. So he was saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to allow you to go through something really hard. But by the time we get to where this passage is found in chapter 48 of Isaiah, this is where God is beginning to fill them back with hope. The first half of Isaiah is all like, you're in big trouble. And the second half of Isaiah is all, but... 
I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you home, and your hearts are going to be knit to mine. After you go through this really hard thing, we're going to be really close, and I'm going to restore you, and I'm going to give you back everything that you lost. So the second half of Isaiah is just this beautiful hope of restoration. And this is the passage that I came across. Isaiah 48, 8 through 11 says this. For I know so well what traitors you are. You've been rebels from birth. Yet for my own sake and for the honor of my name, I will hold back my anger and not wipe you out. I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. I will rescue you for my sake. Yes, for my own sake. I will not let my reputation be tarnished. And I will not share my glory with idols. So I circled in my journal. I will not let my reputation be tarnished. I thought that was such an interesting thing for God to say. God cares about his reputation. He's saying in this passage, I'm not going to let my reputation be tarnished. So what is a reputation? It's how somebody's known, right? It's other people's impression of someone or another person. It's the general opinion that someone has about something or someone. Your reputation is how people see you. So if I was to say, um, what is Jeff Kerr's reputation? Well, you might have all kinds of things to think about that. You might have some really good things. You might have some really bad things. You might think of different people in your life that have a reputation for what, right? We all think of the reputation of people. Maybe um, she has a reputation of being very helpful. If you just need something, you know that you can call them up, and you know, and they're going to be there for you. Um, maybe someone has a reputation that they're, they're a bit of a gossip. I'd be really careful what you say. There's a you know, a little bit of a reputation there. Maybe someone has a reputation as a person of integrity where you're like, you know what? We can trust them all day long. I know that they are, they will never do something that is not integrous. Or maybe someone has a reputation of being a little loose with ethics, right? So our reputation is how people view us. It's how we are known. And what this verse tells us is that God cares about how he is known about what his reputation is, what the world thinks of him. Now, why is that? Why does God say, I won't let my reputation be tarnished? Why? Why does he care about that, right? Is it ego? Is it just like that he wants to make sure that he's the very best? Is it vanity? Is it insecurity? Well, of course not. God cares about his reputation for this reason alone. God wants to have a relationship with every human being on earth. That is the core message of the gospel. God wants to have a relationship with every person on earth. And when people truly understand who God is and his character, the truth of who his word says he is, how good and kind and loving he is, then people will want to have a relationship with him. But if people have a bad view of who God is, then why would they want to have a relationship with them? Have you ever talked to somebody that has a really negative uh, view of God? Have you ever talked to that person like, man, I don't, you know what, I think that he's angry or he's mean or he's, and they have this idea of God that is not accurate. Have you ever tried to convince them, no, 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 you should really have a relationship with God? And they're like, no, thank you. And so God takes his reputation very seriously. It's important to him because how he is known 
will dictate how people want to be in relationship with him. So God cares deeply about how he is known. We see it here in Isaiah when he says, listen, Israelites, you bear my name. You have my name on you, and you have been acting crazy. You've been doing all kinds of crazy things, and I've been patient with you, but there comes a point where I'm going to discipline you because you represent me and you bear my name. But also, I'm going to bring you back and take care of you and punish those who mistreated you so that the world will see that I take care of who is mine, that you belong to me. And he says that. For my own sake, for the honor of my name, I will bring you back. I will rescue you, and I will restore you. So this has been rolling around in my head for the last few months of the reputation of God. Have you ever thought about that? What is the reputation of God? What, are people, what do people think about God? What do people think maybe in the church, people outside of the church? What, what is the reputation of God? And so I have been thinking a lot about the fact that God cares about his reputation. So I have three things today. I promise I'll be, I'll be short because I know it's hot. Three things today that I want to talk about with the reputation of God. Number one is this. Ask my, I've been asking myself this question. How am I representing God? That's the first point, because where do a lot of people get their impression of who God is? It's through us. Those that say we bear his name, we belong to him. That gives a lot of people their very first impression of God. And so it matters how you and I are behaving. So I have to ask myself, how am I representing God? Isaiah 48, 11 says that God says, hey, I will not let my reputation be tarnished. Now, the Hebrew word for tarnished there is actually a verb that means perforated, to poke holes in something, to tear it apart, to hollow it out. And so what it's saying is that the way you and I live our lives, we can poke holes in people's view of God. Well, I thought that, but man, I met those Christians that poked a lot of holes in what I thought. I knew about God. It's saying, I won't let you poke holes in my reputation because I want people to know the truth of him. God cares about how we represent him. Now, this factors in how we love other people. This factors in how we communicate his truth, not just that we do communicate his truth, but how do we do that? Is it in a loving way? Is it in a kind way? Is it gracious and redemptive? Or is it harsh and accusing and judgmental? These things matter because we represent the heart of God. It factors in the way we live our life, that we're people of honor and integrity, that people will look at us and say, well, they bear the name of Christ. And you know what? I see that in the way they behave. They're ethical. They're honorable. They don't cheat. They don't lie. It matters in our countenance and our disposition, right? Now, we all go through hard times where we're feeling low and we might be sad and we might be frustrated. But you know what? I am tired of crabby Christians. Can I get an amen? This would be a good time to use your fan, right? We do not represent God well when we are the most sour and negative and pessimistic and crabby people in the world. 
We don't represent him well when that is how we live our lives. And so even the joy that comes from knowing Christ should be evident to other people. We bear his name and how you behave is representing Christ. I want to represent God well. I want people to look at my life and who I am and how I treat them and how I behave and that they get a very accurate picture of how good God is. I want to represent him well. I want my life to bring honor to his name, not disgrace to his name, not hollowing out and poking holes in people's faith, but filling in the gaps and pouring it in and saying, well, I thought that about God, but then I met that person and I really saw a different side of who God is. That's what I want my life to be like. There's a very famous quote by Gandhi that I think is a really good thing for us to remember today. Gandhi said this, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. That's our weight. We need to be like Christ, that other people would know the truth of who he is because of the way that we represent him. So the first thing we need to ask ourselves is, how am I representing God? God cares about how we represent him. And so we need to take that seriously. Number two, this is a good heart check to ask yourself, am I all about building your name or my name? This is a good question to ask yourself. Psalm 31.3 that we read earlier says, You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Now that's very interesting. And you can run right past it. I've read that because you will find this so often in scripture. That this is a prayer that people pray. For the honor of your name. Not the honor of my name. So David is praying here for God to rescue him from his enemies. But look at why he says that. Why does he say that? For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. David is saying, God, rescue me so that everyone will see how strong you are. I bear your name, and when you bail me out, everyone's going to go, wow, look at how his God came through from them. Save me so that these wicked people will not be victorious, but so that everyone will know that you are my God, and you are strong, and you are mighty. This is a good question to ask ourselves. Why are we asking God for this? Whatever it is you're asking God for, why am I asking God for this? Is it maybe you're asking God to help you with a promotion at work? Ask yourself, is this about you? Is this about, Lord, I just want more money so that I can buy bigger things and more money on myself? Is it for more prestige and honor for myself? Is it status and achievement for myself? Or, God, help me with this so that I will have more resources to be generous for the honor of your name. God, promote me so that I have more influence and I will be able for others to see my life and my character for the honor of your name. God, give me a larger voice for the honor of your name. You have to be really honest with yourself when you ask that question because a lot of times we ask God for things that really are for us. Lord, I really want that. Or Lord, I really hate this. Take it away. But when we start to have a heart that says, God, my life is about the honor of your name. And I was thinking a lot about this. I have watched people walk through incredibly difficult circumstances. 
And very easily, they could have said, get me out of this now. And instead, they've said, Lord, if this brings honor to your name, I will walk through this. I will walk through this if this brings honor to your name. And this is what we see David praying in Psalm 31. God, my enemies are chasing after me. Wipe them out, not for my sake, but so that everyone will know how big and strong and mighty you are. David prayed for the honor of your name. So ask yourself this question. Am I asking God for things to look more successful? Is it even just for my own comfort? Or is the desire of my heart to see his name honored so that others will come to faith? Is that the core of my life? Isaiah 26, 8 is a fabulous verse, and it says this. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. For your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. Your name, your renown. That's what we are all about. That's why we're here on this earth. We're not here to build a name for ourselves. We're not here to accumulate more things for ourselves. We are here for your name and your renown. That's the desire of our heart. We want to see people come to faith in Christ. We want others to know how amazing you are. Our heart's desire should be to build the name of Christ, to make his name known. We need to watch our motivations and make sure our lives are committed to building his kingdom and not our own. So first, we need to be mindful of how we're representing God. Second, check our motivation. Is my heart's desire to bring God, honor to God's name or to my own? And lastly, number three, God blesses his people to bring honor to his name. Psalm 31:19, the later part of that chapter that we read earlier, says this. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. Let me read that again. How great is the goodness you've stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you protection, blessing them where? Before the watching world. When we are marked with his name, God delights in blessing his children so others will see how good he is. I love this. Now, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel that God is going to make all of us rich and we're going to have all this money. But there is a principle of scripture that God blesses his people so that others will see how good he is. And that covers all kinds of areas. He does bless his people with promotion and influence. When you have that motivation to see his name known, God does promote his people. It brings him great joy. We have tons of scriptures that tell us that exact thing. He does bless us with provision. He does bless us with spiritual fruit, love and joy and peace that others can see. Like, wow, that person has so much joy. And we can say, yes, because I bear the name of the Lord, and he pours it on abundantly. I don't even know where it comes from sometimes. My circumstances don't even dictate the level of joy I feel in my heart right now. But because God blesses his people so that others will see and know. God blesses us with supernatural intervention. 
He comes in the nick of time. He does miraculous things for his people and his children so that others will see the hand of God and know that he is good. I want to read you a passage of scripture in 1 Kings 8.41. This is a passage of scripture that Solomon prayed as he was dedicating the temple. And this is what he says, starting in verse 41. In the future... Foreigners who do not belong to your people Israel will hear of you. They will come from distant lands because of your name. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you just as your own people Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. Solomon prays this prayer and he is saying this exact thing. God, I want you to bless this house so much that people are going to hear about what you're doing here. Come from foreign lands because of the reputation of the God that rests on this house. And all he has done for the people who bear his name, that people will hear from all over the world and they will come because of what they've heard for the honor of his name, because of his renown. They would hear it and they would be drawn there. Man, that is my prayer. And we've had a big week for our church. And we now have our own place that we are going to have church every week. And I was thinking this week about, um, we had so many last-minute details that had to come together. And Jeff mentioned, it's been about five years since we started working on this building. And for five years, we've had a lawyer that's been helping us. We've had two different lease options on the table. We had two different contract for deeds. We had all kinds of conversations. And we've had the same lawyer helping us through all of this for the last five years. And um, he is an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. And um, this week, as we were getting all of the final details pulled together, because who knew, man, that this was going to come together. And at one point, we needed to get some paperwork signed by the buildings next door. When they did some work on the exterior of the building, there is a one square foot that's on the Gerster property, one square foot that's on the Miller property. So we had to get all this paperwork signed, and it was just a disaster trying to track down the owners of the building and all this stuff. And um, our realtor, Rick, had gone into the Gerster building to talk to them about this easement. And they all were looking at him like, I don't know. I'm not signing any paperwork from you. This, And standing in the Gerster building was a man who was a friend of the owner who was a surveyor. And he said, oh, that's no problem. Let's go back. I'll explain this all to you. And he just happened to be there. He was shopping. And he just happened to be there in the moment when Rick walked in with the paperwork about the survey on the land and why this sidewalk belongs to who and everything. And so they walked back there, and this man explained everything to him and said, okay. And then the owner said, great, and signed it over and went back. And Rick went back to the lawyer with the paperwork signed. And he looked at him, Wayne is our lawyer, and he said, Rick, I'm an atheist. But you guys and this building, this is going to make me believe in God. That's what he said. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about with this scripture. God blesses his people so that others will see. It's not for our benefit. It's not so Homestead can make a name for ourselves. But God blesses his people so that he will be made known. 
man, I have been praying this prayer because you know what? In Scripture, if we see someone pray, we can pray the same way. And if David could pray, Lord, for the honor of your name, bless us, advance us, tear down my enemies. So I've been praying this, God, for the honor of your name. Let us get this building. Our picture's been in the paper standing in front of this building I don't know how many times. Lord, you have to come through. Don't let us be disgraced. Just like David prayed in Psalm 31, don't let us be disgraced. Because everybody in this town, every time we would come to him and say, we're trying to get the, the exchange bank building, everybody's response was good luck. So have hundreds of other people. So have all kinds of people been trying to get that building for years and years and years. Good luck. It will never happen over and over and over again. And so we thought, maybe we're just dumb. <laughs> maybe, except for, but God, but God. And so there is no doubt in my mind that the only reason we are going to step foot in that building is because of the hand of the Lord moving mountains that we could never do on our own. And at the end of the day, why is that important? So that the name of God would receive glory and honor. Not for Homestead to go bigger. Not for Homestead to be like, wow, they must have really good lawyers and real estate agents. No. The hand of, the God, of our God loves to bless people that bear his name. To bring glory to his name. So I've started praying this prayer for all kinds of things. I've been praying it over that building, but I've been praying it over other things. Lord, for the honor of your name, advance Joel and his job, God. He loves you. He bears your name for the honor of his name, God. Promote him so that he can represent you to more people. Lord, for the honor of your name. Lord, give our teenagers influence in their school so that other people will want to come and ask them questions. Give them favor. Pour something on them that other people will see and say, God, what is that? Why are you not afraid all the time? Why are you not anxious? Everybody's anxious. Why are you not? For the honor of your name, God, bless our children. For the honor of your name, advance our territory to bring glory to your name. That is our heart. And now the eyes of our town are on us, okay? So now we have to be very mindful that everything we do is for the honor of his name, right? That we keep our hearts focused on the purpose of why we're here. And it's to build the name of Christ. To make him known. For your renown is the desire of our hearts. Make sure we keep our hearts focused on that. And to make sure we represent him well. Make sure we represent him well in our behavior. When we're around our community. In our integrity. I love that when people on our Farmington community page ask for, hey, anybody know a carpet cleaner? 25 of you tag Steve Maxwell. You know, I love that. And you know why I love that? Because it helps our youth pastor who we pay very little. But also, <laughs> he is a man of integrity. And I love that all of us know we can, we can say his name. He's going to do a great job. He's going to bear, he bears the name of Christ and he bears it well. Right? That needs to be what our community is. As we begin construction down there, man, we need to be mindful of our neighbors. We need to be mindful of when we go to a restaurant next door, of how we tip, how we treat the servers. Hey, are you a part of that new church? Yes. Here is a very nice tip, right? We represent the name of the Lord our God. And so we have to be mindful. 
Scripture makes it very clear. God cares about his reputation. He says, represent me well, and I will bless you so that people will see my hand on your life. I want to close with that same passage in 1 Kings that Solomon prayed about the temple. But I wanted to read it from the message translation. I think it's a great way for us to just initiate this next season of what we're praying for our church as we move forward. And this is what it says. And don't forget the foreigner who's not a member of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country because of your reputation. People are going to be attracted here by your great reputation, by your wonder-working power who come to pray at this temple. So listen from your home in heaven. Honor the prayers of the foreigner so that people all over the world will know who you are and what you're like and will live in reverent obedience before you, just as your own people do in Israel. So they'll know that you personally make this temple that I've built what it is. Let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, we don't have to puff up your reputation. You are as good as your word says you are. You are as faithful as your word says you are. You are everything you promised and more. Lord, we can't even begin to understand the depth of your greatness. Lord, the truth of who you are is extraordinary. So, Lord, we want to be people that are continuing to show that. Lord, building your reputation, your renown, your glory. For the honor of your name, Lord, let us live our lives in ways that point others to you. Lord, we're not about building a name for ourselves Lord, we're not about our own comfort, our own promotion, but Jesus, everything we do is to bring honor to your name. And so, Lord, let that begin to be the prayer on our lips. God, for the honor of your name, bring healing to the situation. Lord, so that others would see how you intervened and want to know this God. Lord, for the honor of your name, provide in miraculous ways. So, Lord, others would see that provision and it would bring honor to your name. Lord, for the honor of your name, give me wisdom in handling this so that others would see and know that those who walk in integrity following the precepts of the Lord will see great blessing. Lord, we want to be about the honor of your name. So we are asking for your Holy Spirit to walk close with us. Lord, whisper in our ears when we're about to say something that dishonors your name. Lord, whisper in our ears when we're about to do something that dishonors your name. Lord, whisper something to our hearts when we're about to engage with somebody that has a wrong idea of who you are. And whisper the truth of your word so that we can share the truth of who you are with that person. Lord, we want to be about building your reputation. So give us wisdom and discernment and grace. And Lord, we pray as a community of faith, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. That Lord, for the honor of your name, you have provided a home for us. And even through that process, you've brought glory to your name in how you have worked miracles. 
And so, Lord, may we steward that well. May we be a house that honors your name in everything we do. Lord, may we be a beacon of light in our community. Lord, may others know that that is a place of refuge, that they can come and they're going to find people of grace and hope in Jesus Christ. Thank you for all you've done for us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.